You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. I see some striking similarities between the condition of then Israel and Jerusalem and now the church today. I believe that Jesus, when he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I believe every word of that, but I also want to say that it has not come without a fight from the gates of hell. Make no mistake, God means what he says and says what he means. When he says that the gates of hell shall not overcome the church, you can bet your bottom dollar that hell doesn't stand a chance. However, that doesn't mean there won't be attacks. In today's message, Pastor Gary reflects on the similarities between ancient Israel and the church today. In his study, you'll learn that while both Israel and the church face many challenges, their future and prosperity are secure in God. Now, here's Pastor Gary in Nehemiah chapter 2 as he begins his message, Let us rise up and build. Nehemiah chapter 2 and uh, verse number 17. Then said I unto thee, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Today my assignment is to preach to you this thought, Let us rise up and build. Nehemiah was facing tragedy along with his fellow national citizens. Uh, the nation of Israel was in trouble with God. Their city, their capital city, Jerusalem, lie in waste. And he had a burden to rebuild the old waste places. He knew that what they lost was more valuable than what they currently had, and it was worth going back and getting what it was that they lost. And I see some striking similarities between the condition of then Israel and Jerusalem and now the church today. I believe that Jesus, when he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I believe every word of that, but I also want to say that it has not come without a fight from the gates of hell. And unfortunately, in many places today where people gather together and claim to gather in the name of Jesus, they're doing anything but church. It seems like our culture has fallen head over heels in love with the ways and methodologies and philosophies of this world. And it has crept into our churches today. And so I see symbolically that many churches 
today lie in waste. They are as the Laodicean church was described, I believe it was, that they said that they, was, that they were rich. They said that they were increased with goods. They said that they had need of nothing. But Jesus told them that you don't know that you're naked and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And today, could it be that too many churches are naked, miserable, poor, and blind, and all of that, and they're clueless. Because they have everything that money can buy and nothing that money can't buy. They've got their buildings, they've got their carpeted pews, they've got their carpeted, uh, uh, they've got their floors carpeted, they've got air-conditioned buildings, they've got all the programs, they can buy any talent they want, they've got their banks filled, their coffers filled, and they've got all this stuff and yet they are deficit when it comes to the power of God to deliver people from their sin and to heal the sick. Can I get an amen? amen? And churches today say that they are rich and increased with goods and they boast of their uh, grandeur and they boast of their influence in the community. But little do they know that they have lost their witness. They have lost their ability to influence the culture. They have lost their ability to be light in a shining, uh, or a shining light in a dark world. They have lost their saltiness. And Jesus said, if, the, if uh, therefore your salt loses its savor, it's then forth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men i describe for you too many churches today when i say that there are too many and mark my words this morning listen to me there's no church that is immune to that happening to them it could happen here just as easily as it could happen anywhere where churches end up being more like a social club or acting more like a moose lodge than they do the church of the living God. Amen. And we have our methods and our routines and our preferences and we just program God oftentimes right out the door and we may be financially well off and we may be even doing okay, some of us health wise, but we're spiritually bankrupt. We lie in waste in our souls. We are as the children of Israel who wandered around in the wilderness where the Lord gave them what they wanted materially, but he sent leanness to their soul. And no matter what they did, it never satisfied their soul. And you can have all the money that this world has to offer. And you can have all the power and prestige that this world has to offer. But if you don't have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, you are bankrupt. You could be Bill Gates. You could be any of those billionaires uh, that play people like puppets with all their monopoly money. And you can be that powerful. And yet if they don't know Jesus Christ, they're just as empty on the inside. And they are bankrupt in terms in the eyes of God. Amen. And many times our churches end up in a spiritually bankrupt situation where we make it about me and mine and us and, and we, we become callous towards the world that we have been called to reach. And instead of reaching out with the love of Christ uh, and with character and dignity and grace, we become cynical and cruel and cold. And we begin to respond to, uh, to lost people the way they would respond to us. But somebody's got to be more spiritual than that. 
Somebody's got to be willing to take the blunt a little bit. Somebody's got to be willing uh, to go to the cross like Jesus did. Jesus said uh, uh, to take up your cross and follow me. That means there's going to be a price to pay to serve God. And it's going to hurt sometimes to love people who hate you and love people who hate God. Uh, And sometimes we just want to crawl in our little holy huddle and hide behind our stained glass windows and hope the world just passes us on by and we forget that they're headed straight for hell and we should be out there with our warning signs warning them and loving them and bringing them to the family of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ but many churches today have learned how to have quote-unquote church whether God shows up or not They have figured out how to develop a systematic routine, and they wouldn't know the presence of God if he sat down in their lap. Amen. I mean, it's kind of like Samson who, uh, who went further and further away from the presence of God. God had an anointing on Samson, uh, but Samson kept dabbling in sin. And one day Samson woke up just like any other day. And the Bible said it this way in your King James Bible, and he wist not that the Lord had departed from him. I mean, he got up and he didn't even notice that God was gone. And I'm afraid today that there are many churches today that haven't even noticed that God hadn't showed up in a long time. Amen. Uh, It's not that he's not present with us because he promised that he'd be with us. But it's just that we will not permit God to manifest his presence in full glory the way he intended to with our stubborn hearts. Oh, because uh, what we want is more important, you see, than what... God wants for us. And that's the attitude, unfortunately, of too many churches today. And it's a warning to Washington Heights Baptist Church that we need to pray against the lure and the temptation of Satan to come into our camp and to rob from us something precious, which is a zeal for God and a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. And the devil would love nothing more than to rob that from us. In fact, I would dare say that there are some in our midst today that are probably spiritually bankrupt this morning. You might be saved, but you're not happy. You haven't served God and you can't remember when. When was the last time you mentioned Jesus to anybody? Where are you in your walk with God? Or have you just been living it up and and fulfilling the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and, and going down your path and building your earthly empire and kingdom and buying your bass boats and building your fancy houses while the house of God and while your soul lies waste? Oh, that God would give us a spiritual awakening in our day today. I say to the church of the living God, let us rise up and build. Let us find the old waste places and let us beg God to give us back something that we lost long ago. And that was a hunger and a thirst for righteousness that far surpassed our hunger and thirst for this old world. I'm telling you, this world has nothing for you. In fact, this world will use you, abuse you, and then discard you when they're through with you. Can I get an amen, church? And it would do you good, young people, hear me and hear me well, to not sell your soul to the devil and not sell your soul to the company, amen, and not sell your soul to the ways of this world because all they want out of you is what value they can see in you. And once they're done with you, they will discard you. And Jesus does just exactly the opposite 
opposite. He finds an old waste heap and somebody that's wrecked and ruined and don't have nothing to offer him. And he invests his blood into them. And he invests his word into them. And he builds something beautiful out of nothing. Now, I don't know, but I think that's a pretty good deal. Amen. I'm glad I serve a God that found me when I was low. He found me when I was worthless and hopeless and helpless. And he invested himself into me. And he didn't think I was disposable material. Oh, no. He looked at me and he said, oh, I know he looks rough now, but wait till I get done with him. And then come back and talk to me. Amen. And some of you need to realize your life is not a waste in the eyes of God. God loves you very much. And the Bible said for God, send not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And you may have condemned yourself. And listen, you may be condemned, but Jesus came as a remedy and he can rescue you from your sin today. And he'll gladly do it. Give God some praise and glory. He'll gladly do it. Many times the churches are lying in waste. They've lost their zeal for God. I speak of the church in general, but I want you to know something. When I speak of the church, I'm speaking about you. I don't overgeneralize this to where you don't, where you fail to take it personally. I want you to take this personally. Amen. I want me to take this personally. Because the church is an assembly of individuals that gather in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So if you are saved, washed in the blood, you are the church. You're part of it. And God help us today. If we can't get back to that first love. Amen. Some of you backslid and you're under conviction right now because God's dialing your number. God's reminding you of the things uh, that he's called you to do, that you've ignored, that you've put off. Uh, But God is being gracious and merciful, and he wants you employed in his service today. Why don't you come back home? I'm talking about a, a spiritually wrecked and ruined and bankrupt church. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I know I'm on target. Number one, I want to say this. Let me say it this way. There must be a willingness to work for God. One of the reasons our churches are lying waste, one of the reasons they're not reaching their community, did you know that the majority of churches are either at a plateau or in decline growth-wise? What God's doing here, and I pray it lasts and continues to grow, but what we've seen in the last few weeks of a growth, this is not normal. This is abnormal. This is strange to see a church today that's actually seeing some growth in such a crazy world that we live in at least here in america because we're so gospel hardened that we're cold to it but god's doing something and what i'm saying is you need to get on board and i I, I know that we we like to have our you know nosebleed section where we can just cheer from a distance and we can we can be a spectator and we can say go preacher go i like my preacher amen or we can say go miss jane go i like my choir director right uh but listen when are you going to get plugged in when are you going to get involved well preacher i didn't come to be chewed out i'm not chewing you out i'm preaching to you amen we all need to find our place at the house of God. But there must first be a willing heart. Let's see here. Skip on over to, uh, that's number one. Go to the, there you go. And even my four, six, look at it. So built we the wall, 
and all the wall was joined together under the half thereof. Watch this. For the people, nope, back up. For the people had a mind to work. And boy, I could go down that road, couldn't I? How many people today don't, the work is the last thing on their mind? Hello. Yeah, how relevant is that? Don't let that creep into the church. Amen. One of the reasons that churches ain't reaching our communities, let me just put it this way, they're just plain old-fashioned lazy. Sorry. Amen. Got a spiritual welfare mentality. It's not what can I do for the church, it's what can the church do for me. And people come not to serve, but to be served. And if I'm not served, then I'll find somewhere that will serve me. But did you know that if you're a child of God, uh, Jesus came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. That is, Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And Jesus wants us to be like him. But we've got this whole philosophy in our churches today where people just have this added, well, that church don't do nothing for me. When is it ever supposed to? You're supposed to do something for it. Can I get an amen? I'm not saying that we shouldn't serve one another, but it's the attitude that I'm addressing. It's the heart problem that I'm addressing. We get this notion that we are somehow, you know, we deserve it or somehow we're supposed to be served hand and foot. And, and people get upset if the preacher don't shake their hand or if the, if the deacon don't call them on, uh, when it's the, their week to call them or, or somebody didn't pay a visit because they was in the hospital sick and they ain't nobody at that church ever called me. And it might have been every one of them was five fighting hell the same week you was fighting hell in the hospital and you need to have a little grace amen people are people and they have problems and we're going to let some things slip through the cracks but there's no reason for us to get throw a hissy fit and act like a three-year-old and pitch a temper tantrum and quit church because the church didn't serve us like we thought it should amen praise god what i'm talking about is we should have an attitude of what can i do for god you see what what happens is when you have a willingness to work the bible says uh Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. If you will commit your activity to the work of God, you won't have time to be distracted by wayward thoughts. You cannot preoccupy your thoughts by involving your work in the work of the Lord. Some of you just need something to do for God. And you quit all your bickering. You quit all your complaining. You quit all your backbiting and running people down and gossiping because you don't have time for none of that. And I'm just saying there's plenty to do around here. And if you don't know what to do, come talk to me after service and I can give you a list 10 miles long. Amen. <laughs> but uh, it's a mindset. We've got to be willing to do the work. And thank God for working people. And I want to say right now to this younger generation coming up, the ones that have good work ethic, I thank God for you and I salute you. Amen. Because that's harder and harder to find nowadays. But listen, uh, if you keep letting other people pay your bills, uh, sooner or later they're going to control your entire life. And you'll be imprisoned by your own unwillingness to actually put forth some effort for yourself. Amen. And it's time that we raise up a generation that has a mind to work. You country folk have used this expression. Well, I have a good mind to fill in the blank, right? I have a good mind to go to Walmart. I have a good mind to, and we got it wrong right there. We, most of us don't have a good mind. 
<laughs> Usually it's corrupt, ain't it? Usually we've got our mind on th- crazy stuff. But I'm telling you, what will fix a lot of our distractions is if we would commit ourselves to doing something for God. Amen. When was the last time God stirred your heart to do something for the kingdom and you took it upon yourself as a commission from God that was your personal ministry, that if you didn't do it, it would never get done, and you committed yourself to your very last breath to do that for God. Is that foreign to you? It ought not to be. Amen, it ought not to be, but there's many today. Well, I don't know what I can do for God. Well, you know what? The Bible says that if you'll seek Him, you can find Him. Why don't you talk to God about that a little bit? He's the one that created you. He knows what your gift set is. He knows how you're thinking. He knows the way you operate and the way you function. He's got just a place that you'll fit in the kingdom. But you've got to have a mind and a willingness to do actual work because listen the bills don't pay themselves around here amen somebody's got to get up and go to work uh, so that we can take up an offering and and that so that we can uh, cover the expenses of ministry amen uh, this thing just don't happen by itself and most of you good hard-working americans and i thank god for you but i'm telling you something we need to transfer that zeal that we have for a paycheck on payday for a zeal that we have for the lord Amen. If you were as motivated to be a, effective and useful for God in the kingdom as you were to get a paycheck, how would that change your spiritual life? If you were as committed to seeing this church grow and prosper and reaching the lost as you were making sure you kept a good job and uh, climbed the corporate ladder, how vastly different would our churches be today? It's something that we've got to commit to. It's something that we've got to be willing to do. Amen. And, and, and I'm, I'm just throwing this out there because I know that God is wanting some of you to recommit, amen, to get plugged in. Uh, and some of you just kind of got one foot in and one foot out. And you're kind of testing the water. I don't know uh, if I should do this or not. And you got your tiptoe in there. Just the water feeling pretty good, but you're not sure if you want to get ankle deep. And you're not sure if you want to get knee deep. And you sure don't know if you want to get waist deep. And God wants you to get all the way in and waters to swim in. Amen. And here's the thing. Well, I'm afraid I'll be hurt. Some of you say, I'm, I'm afraid I'll be disappointed. I'm afraid I can't do it. All of the above will happen. Let me just go ahead and tell you that right now. You're going to be hurt. You're not going to be able to do it. And things are going to go wrong. All right, now what? Still do it. Amen. Still do it. Because the kingdom of God and the work of God must go on because we're fighting the very forces of hell and darkness to do it. Why do you think everything goes haywire every time you try to do something for God? Because the devil wants to stop you. More on that Wednesday if you'll be here at noon. But the devil wants to stop you. And he'll give you every excuse in the book. Got to have a mind to work. Let me go on to my next point. Number two, Jesus must always be the main attraction amen jesus must always be the main attraction mark chapter 2 verse 1 look at it again he entered into capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house i love that don't you look what happens in the next verse and straightway or immediately many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them No, not so much as about the door. Now, what attracted them people to this meeting? It was Jesus. And Jesus, it wasn't just, how do I say this? 
It was who Jesus was. It was what Jesus could do for them. Right? And Jesus said, if, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. You want to know what drawing power we have to pull people into the church? Preach Jesus. Live Jesus. Do Jesus. Amen. Be like Jesus. If we drop our cynical attitude and our pharisaical attitude and, and quit snubbing our noses at people, amen, and quit acting like we're better than people and tiptoeing around them like they're going to give us a disease and walk up to them and give them a big old bear hug and, and pray over them and love on them, amen, and start doing what Jesus did, you might be surprised at how many people might show up for church. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, garycottle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. We'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Pray for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please, prayerfully consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Cottle Ministries, 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. That's 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.